If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, best-selling author, Daniel Wilcox. Hello and welcome to the Great Writers Share podcast with me, Daniel Wilcox, where every week I sit down with writers from across all mediums and genres to dissect their brains and pluck out tips, tricks and strategies that you can use to boost your writing career. Today's date is Monday the 23rd of September, that was 23rd of September, and uh, today my guest is lit RPG author and publisher Dakota Kraut. Um, Dakota is someone who came into my field of view probably about six, seven months ago now, um, while I was busy just looking into different genres of different books and I, uh, took a, a, I dipped my toes into the lit RPG genre and just had a read of a couple of books and came across Dakota Kraut just through to the sheer volume of reviews and, um, books that this guy's been putting out and, and they're fantastic stuff and I, I highly recommend them to anyone who's interested in finding out more about the genre or people who are already reading the genre, um, probably already know, but check out Dakota Kraut. Um, and today we, we dive into a lot of stuff. So, uh, I talked to Dakota about things like how he managed to ride his wave of success um, from his first book being successful and how he managed to capitalize on that and keep the wave going. Uh, how he moved from becoming a creative and turning into a publisher. So he now publishes other people's work under his company, Mountaindale Press. Um, so we talk a lot about what that journey looked like and how he knew he was ready to take those steps. And uh, one of the big ones that I, I wasn't expecting to be talking about was how to sort of maximize your time and make the most of, of every second of every day. And we go a little bit into about his journey and the beginning of what it took to actually get those first books written and how he managed to squeeze writing into the time that he had. Um, so a lot of interesting stuff there. But before we get into the interview, uh, just a quick shout out to the patron Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash great writers share um without the support from everyone over at the patreon page uh, i wouldn't be able to do this show it, it helps fund all the behind the scenes it helps sort of just keeps the lights on and all the gears wearing so um thank you to all my patrons over there we don't have any new patrons this week um but for anyone who wants to go over and join and check out what's going on over there for as little as one dollar a month you can join up to patreon.com forward slash great writers share and support the show and get a load of extra bonus goodies and i think i've prattled on about enough of that in uh, every intro so far so um if you are interested just check it out and i'll put a link in the show notes uh the one thing that i will say is uh just a reminder that this month's giveaway for anyone who is a patron is a copy of monica leonel's write better faster how to triple your writing speed and write more every day and uh definitely something if you want to capitalize on on the momentum you have on any time that you have in order to get the words down it's definitely a book that's worth reading um but i'll keep this one short uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to mumble for too much. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump straight into the interview with the ever impressive Dakota Kraut. Enjoy. Dakota Kraut is a well-deserved king of lit RPG fiction. He has amassed literally thousands of five star reviews across his collective titles and his latest release, Raze, part of the Completionist Chronicles, made its number 14 in the Amazon charts in July of 2019. Following his independent success, Dakota is now also the owner of Mountaindale Press, an independent publishing company specializing in fantasy and sci-fi fiction, and a highly sought after public speaker in the independent author circuit. Dakota, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. It's, it's amazing to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. Um, so a bit of background just for people so they know, and it's probably something they've come to expect from some of my previous guests, um, as I've had a lot of people that I met in Edinburgh on the show itself. So. Oh, met at the 20 books conference in edinburgh 
Um, I did, yes. But I actually read your the first couple of your Completionist Chronicles books before I met you, and uh, oh, I, I was thanks, man. I, I know it's always <laughs> nice meeting someone when you're actually familiar with their work rather than the whole oh I'll have to read you sometime, which is always sure. a bit awkward. Um, but <laughs> we we kind of spoke a lot about different things over that weekend, and I think one of the places that I wanted to start this interview was just literally going back to the beginning of your your writing journey tell us how you got into writing to start with and sort of how you got to where you are now in as sort of brief a compact thing as you can sure absolutely man so um i i started writing while i was in college um or university i think i guess uh, call it over there um and <laughs> uh, the for me what what i, what I was doing was uh there, there's a, a thing in my college where if you take more than 12 credits a semester, you only pay for 12 credits per that semester, right? So, because um, that's considered full-time student. So I was taking 22 credits <laughs> uh, because I said, hey, if I'm gonna take advantage and not have to pay for all this extra time, let's really go for it. Um, so I was going very hard at my courses and I, and I had my jobs and my internships at the same time. And um, my, my senior year, all of a sudden I dropped down to six credits because that's all I had left. Like there was no other courses for me to take in my, um, in my, uh, you know, uh, degree program. And so I took a, a creative writing course and, uh, I was, I was told in no uncertain terms, no one will ever read anything you write. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, all right, well, I guess we'll see, won't we? So uh, <laughs> then I, I hopped on writing and I had these big chunks of time that I was not used to, um, not used to having. Um, and I just said, you know, I, I could play games, I could watch shows, I could do all these other things. Um, but I just started writing and I just fell in love with it. Absolutely, man. And from there, um, you know, my, my first series took off, which was awesome, like this, the Divine Dungeon series. Um, and that took off. And as soon as I saw that that was going well, you know, I immediately jumped into uh, learning more about writing as a craft and uh, marketing as, as a business. Um, and both of them are very intense uh, and both of them are very rewarding and it's amazing. So, yeah. Fantastic. Nice origin story there. Yeah. yeah. It's kind <laughs> of, um, I don't know. It's crazy. So, so 22 credits, you're taking 22 different things above, 10 above what is expected. Right. How, how did you manage to fit that all into your time? So I, I was in the military for uh, eight years and uh, I was just, I was very used to, short nights of sleep so um you know a lot of people will just you know do do the thing but i i was i was just so used to going all day every day um in uh in the military uh, in the army specifically there's a thing called ait which is advanced individual training and that is uh you are in classes from 8 a.m until 5 p.m and you are taking courses the whole time um you have you have a lunch break and that's it right um and so that's what i was used to like back even like at the start of my career in the military um and so then you know just all those long long days 18 hour 20 hour days um in the, in the army i just i got out i went into the reserves and i went straight to college um and so i was just in the mindset of 100 percent devotion to whatever you're doing um and so that's that's really how i parked through and, and it's not it was, there wasn't 22 cr uh classes a semester that was like there's a lot of courses that are like four credits so if you take uh three of these big courses at a time that's you know a full-time student I was taking, you know, like um, four or five or six if they were smaller ones sometimes. Yeah. Gotcha. So before before you got into the military, did you have that mindset already or was that definitely something that the military specifically put into you? And that was that was definitely something that the military specifically put into me because uh, I, I, I joined the military to, um, you know, uh, for, for me it was to get out of the, the very small town I was living in, um, find, find my own way in the world sort of thing. And... Um, you know, I went in as a uh, as a computer guy into the military, so um, I you know had 100% devotion. So I worked on satellites, radios, computers, all all sorts of the fun stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean it was it was 100% learning the whole time for like eight years solid. <laughs> and so yeah, so then for me there it wasn't so difficult to jump from learning in that capacity to learning in in uh, college, and then straight from there into devoting a ton of time to uh, researching, writing, uh, how to write better, how to do marketing. And then luckily my wife took over and did marketing far better than I could ever hope to do. 
So. <laughs> See, that's the uh, that must be the component that I was missing because I went to university and in the in the hours when I had literally nothing to do, I did do the gaming side of it. <laughs> so it's only sort of years later after I've got into the world of work and everything else, and suddenly when sure. I want to write that I then learned. But um, I mean, gaming does feature obviously quite heavily into the genre that you write in. Yes. And uh, did did you game at all in that period? Is that still something that you oh yeah balance with with the writing itself? Oh, totally. So I mean, I'm I'm a huge nerd, man. Like absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what was big, uh, big for me was, uh, so in college, luckily I had uh, a bunch of friends who were big into like, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and, um, you know, like tabletop RPGs. Um, and so I got really familiar with, uh, using, you know, stat sheets and, and stuff like that and figuring out the best ways to use the rules to your advantage that, you know, the things that you do in video games. Right. Um, and then of course I was a huge fan of like, uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, that like I, I still play that. It's been years now since I came it's out. So I'm still, good. <laughs> still new quest, man. It's craziness. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, and that's sort of what I'm going for is like being able to look at a world like that for years and be like, man, this is so interesting and immersive, and I can go anywhere and do anything, and I'm still finding new content, you know. And like that's what I'm really hoping to do with my books is kind of get that same feel. Obviously, you know in a book it's much more finite and it's one person writing you know so um but uh still it's pretty awesome and you know something that was a passion for me a long time ago turns into my current passion which is writing about video game style things which is pretty fun it's like playing yeah. D by yourself kind of yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you're, if you're the dungeon master and all the characters and you're writing it all down it's called writing a book yeah yeah, yeah. There, uh, so, so there might be a couple of listeners who aren't quite sure what lit rpg fiction is are you okay sure. just to give a brief overview of what oh. that genre is because it's still quite a young genre in itself it is yes it's only a few years old and um you know in in general terms um but uh yes yeah, so how i describe it best i think is um uh epic fantasy with a sci-fi twist right so these are novels like these are books um they're they're series they're, they're not video games. Like some people are like, oh, so you write video games. No, no, um, what, what I What we write are books that have uh, characters and abilities and skills and spells that have all been gamified. So, you know, if, you, if you're able to like hold out your hand, ah, suddenly a fireball, right? Um, you have a skill level in, you know, holding a fireball or, or your hand glows. See that? Like, there we go. Like, <laughs> activate. activate Literally, for people, for people who can't see the video feed, that was a ray of sunshine <laughs> hitting Dakota's hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, you're like, okay, activate glow. Right? Like, so, <laughs> a level one, now I have a level one skill in glow hand or something like that, right? <laughs> and as as I use it more, as I find the, the limits of that and as I test new parts of that, like that, the skill ranks up. So like skill rank two, you know, both hands on there shiny. Um, and you know that sort of thing all the way up till like skill level 100 where you can like dazzle people completely with your brilliant white hands right um <laughs> that's just me not getting any sun um, <laughs> but i mean that that's kind of how it is is um every aspect of something or someone is um uh, quantified so uh your uh, physicality your mentality your luck like everything is put into a way that both the reader and the writer know the rules very well and they can follow them and understand them and know kind of what the limits are. And that makes for really fun storytelling. So, yeah. And was it a genre that you were already aware of that you then jumped into or was it sort of quite fortuitous in that this was something you loved, this was something you started writing and the two kind of mixed hand in hand? That one by far. I, I didn't know the genre existed until, um, until I was told, Hey, you write our genre, come hang out with us. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so yeah, I, I jumped in, and then now I, I try to keep up with everything else that's being written in the genre. But there's, you know, it's, it's moving pretty quick now. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of incredibly talented authors in the groups, and it, I mean, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing like seeing a lot of people loving to do what you're doing. You know, it's just it's a very cool feeling. We've well, spoken a lot about. We're quite passionate about obviously you you love this genre it's definitely something that's yes. um ingrained quite deeply into you it's, it takes all the things you've always loved and uh, i was actually listening to um a podcast that you did last year on the uh, lit rpg fiction podcast um i forget the host name i'll, I'll add it into the show notes i feel bad for that um but uh, one, yes that was one yes. 
And uh, one of the one of the things you said in that was uh, you you feel very fortunate that you are writing the things that you absolutely enjoy that you still love. Is that yes. still the case now that you're sort of moving more into a publisher realm? Because obviously you're still balancing oh, creation with publishing. Um, but has that in any way changed at all, or is that sort of still there? Um, I mean, it's 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 changed how it is, but it it just kind of deepens, you know, it just kind of deepens how much I enjoy it because you know what I write and what I publish um, were are similar. Um, and then, um, hang on one second. So, uh, so it just popped into a discord with me. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I'm on a talk with Dan Wilcox, so I'm going to close out a discord. <laughs> Always um, working. Right. Um, so the, um, sorry about that. Uh, yeah. So it, it's kind of really opened my eyes to how much more of the genre there is, you know, like, um, we have, uh, an author that I, uh, you know, author that I really like who's writing um, uh, skeletons that are in space, right? So it's more more uh, uh, science science fiction than fantasy, but then then it's just science fiction with a fantasy twist instead of what I write, which is fantasy with a science fiction twist, right? Um, and then yeah, I mean, it's it's very cool. So all over the place, I'm learning new things about my own genre, and that's something that's awesome. So as a publisher, it's it's a really cool feeling. Oh yeah, we're, we're definitely going to dig into Mountaindale Press, but I'm just, just going to jump back a little bit because I'm massively curious about, you said, uh, so your first series, the Divine Dungeon series, um, was a bit of a, it It happened, it just took off, it, it did exactly what you had hoped it would do. Yes. How how did you go about sort of scaling that, capitalizing on the momentum and keeping that moving? Because obviously when somebody does hit that goldmine, sometimes it's a case that you don't know what to do and that can easily right. be lost. But how did you sort of um, embrace that moment and keep it moving? Sure. So um, I will say that beyond anything else, I was very shocked. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I very much expected that my lovely wife and my mother would uh, read my book and then that would be the end of things. Um, but as it happens, no, I mean, my mother still hasn't read it. Uh, read it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Come on, mom. It's been three years. I uh, know. Seriously. No, she's fine. Not her time. Right? No, it's not for everyone. She does. She doesn't even like video games. So yeah. Fair. Um, <laughs> the uh, in, in terms of in terms of that. Um, so all right. To, to clarify here, the question is, how did I jump on that, that momentum? Correct. Yes. Like, how did I capital? Okay. So basically, um, I, I would say that I started very fortuitously. You know, like it, I I got in and I was pulled into the genre and there were people that reached out to me and they said, you're writing in this, join these groups and, and come and we'll, we'll make sure people see it. I said, okay. Um, and then basically I looked around at what else I saw in the genre and it was, it was still very young. There's very few people in there that were writing and, and um, putting out good quality content. Um, and uh, still, I think I'm one of maybe just a tiny handful of people that has a completed series in the genre right now. Right. So what I saw was a lot of people putting out their first book and then vanishing forever. Um, so I said, what is going to be the most important thing for me to do? And I said, and that's going to be to get out another book, right? So I immediately hopped on and I wrote uh, 100,000 words in the next month. Um, and I edited it in the next two weeks from there. Um, and then I put it out and that was Duncan Madness. Um, <laughs> and that one was received really well as well um and so over the next i think two months because i I took two months this time i I wrote another hundred and twenty thousand words and i put out uh i think that one was uh dungeon calamity right so that was book three um and i said okay well now that i have three books out and they're doing well how do i do this better right so my, my most important thing was get out that first trilogy and then i said okay now what um, and now what, as it turns out is learn to do things better. And, um, so I, I took time to go to conferences and talk to, talk to a lot of people, um, take courses. So I learned, uh, how to do marketing better. And even so when my wife came in and took over the marketing, she just, she kind of gently chuckled at my attempts at marketing. Because, <laughs> it, it was cute. Um, <laughs> But uh, in a very sweet way, you know. Um, but still, it was it was marketing that people weren't doing, right? So 
at, at the time we were we were very much sorry i'm in a coffee shop so there's, there's a grinder going um, <laughs> but at, at the time you know it was a uh, no one was really doing marketing in the genre because we were, we were very much in a bubble right it was a uh, it was uh, a thing where people were putting up these books and seeing great results because there was nothing else in the genre, right? Um, and so now, a couple of years later, uh, we have so much in there. We have so many people that um, that the marketing that we do and that we learned how to do before it was necessary um, is really, really helpful and beneficial to us. Um, and yeah, so I, I would say the first for, for capitalization, how I capitalized was I saw that I was lucky and I said, how do I make sure that I stay lucky, right? How do I make sure that this is something that continues more than a one-off? And so I said content and then learn how to do it because you can always go back and fix, right? Like uh, all of my books have been re-edited since then. All of my books have new covers since then. Um, and yeah, I mean, I you can't fix something that you don't have, right? And that's what I tell people when they get caught in editing spirals. Um, and yeah, so production and then learn how to do things after was kind of how, what, how it worked for me. So. And what are your biggest marketing tips for my, particularly, my li- yeah, particularly for the lit RPG genre, but sort of a bit more broader if you've got anything. Sure. Um, so in general, I mean, uh, there are a ton of courses out there, right? Um, I, I recommend Mark Dawson's ads for authors um, because it helps you to pick where your marketing will be most effective. So depending on where you market, uh, Amazon, Facebook, Google, uh, Instagram, all these other places. Um, yeah, I mean, learn how to do it right. You know, like, because there, there's uh, basically three ways to do it. You either take the time, you put in the time and you do it yourself. You hire someone to do it. Or basically you throw money and put someone through the course to do it right (laughs) and um it it really depends on the resources you have at your disposal at that point and and for me and for my lovely wife at the time it was we had the time but definitely not the money so (laughs) um you know we we learned how to do it ourselves and um yeah i mean we've been pushing and and working to keep up with it because it's a constantly shifting goalpost. um and yeah so it's it's a interesting experience yeah. So definitely the thing about just marketing in general is just yeah. it, it never stays the same for more than a month or so there's yeah. always something new a market's changing yeah. something new comes out and it's yeah it's a whole yeah. a whole big monster to yeah. to hold on to sure. yeah and amazon has been definitely throwing uh throwing uh twists in there every every few months so that's always fun <laughs> but it's the king without amazon we'd all be dead that's true <laughs> or, at least, or at least much hungrier than we are currently oh definitely definitely um <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so jumping on to uh mountaindale press mentioned it a couple yeah. of times it's uh it's your your publishing baby you went from being <laughs> just sporting the shirt so how many copies of that shirt do you have of this shirt um yes. so this is actually the only uh t-shirt version of it i have no. um i i have uh i think five polos with it's just this symbol but tiny over here um and that's my what i wear normally but i, I biked in today so I, I wanted to wear a t-shirt gotcha. um yeah, and uh, it's really easy for me because then I can know exactly what I'm going to wear day by day, you know? <laughs> this, this is where I'm going to get to because there's a whole thing, isn't there, about the, the reason certain CEOs and owners of companies wear the same clothes every day is just to remove that extra decision that they have to make and get one yeah. step away from decision fatigue. Is that is that something you particularly do or is it just coincidental that you, you're wearing? No, it is, it is definitely that. Um, also, it's really easy for me to do laundry. <laughs> I have like 10 articles of clothing total, total man. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I got uh, five sets of the same shorts I wear, five sets of the same shirts, you know, and then I have my uh, workout stuff and my t-shirts, right? So, and then, yeah, so um, every once in a while I'll be on panels and something, I'm the only one wearing shorts, you know, <laughs> yeah. and People are like, man, that guy had some pasty white legs. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and they never get browner, although they're always out. Yeah. Always. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like it's, yeah, where I live, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's sun today, and it's, it's a rare occurrence. So no, it does look beautiful where you are at the minute. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous right now. But it was uh, like 38 degrees this morning. It's supposed to snow here next week. Oh wow. So, yeah. Fair. So it gets it gets cold pretty early in the year. 
Yeah. We're jumping back into a, <laughs> so obviously you, you run Mountaindale Press now. It is, yes. it is your baby. How, talk us through the sort of transition from going from writing by yourself, being an independent author into deciding that you're ready to bring on other authors and publish them. Cause that's, that's quite a big step to take. Cause it's not just yourself and you're taking responsibility for other people. Yes. Um, it is. And it is a, uh, it is as, it was as difficult as going full-time was honestly, like, and, and so for anyone who is just starting out with their own self-publishing stuff, I would say definitely, you know, make yourself a nice solid foundation. Um, because by the time we started, by the time my wife and I, Danielle, um, who's the CEO of the company, by the way, um, when we decided to actually start the company, we had a, a huge amount of marketing, like, uh, research that we had done and that's courses that's going on and seeing how things are going it's making uh you know spreadsheets and papers worth of of data that we we're collecting in, in various different things everything from keywords to marketing like tips to like little things we hear off the street or on well, not not the street but like convention convention pathways you know <laughs> um and so by then we had like tens like probably twenty to thirty thousand dollars of stuff that we had done if not in actual money invested in the time invested right um and you know i think that was the entirety of 2018 was just like learning how to have all this stuff um setting up contacts with narrators setting contacts up with uh editors artists uh typesetters um well developmental editors line editors copy editors um, all of this, you know, is it's a huge undertaking. Um, and then not only that, but then, you know, like getting contracts and because you, you can say, hey, man, you want to work with me? Yeah, totally. Cool. Here's a piece of paper you had to sign. Oh, totally different ballgame. Um, so, I mean, in, in that in that case, I would I would definitely tell people if you're thinking about doing it, feel free to do it. Just start small, like take on one person, take on one person and see how difficult it is. Cause it's not just, it's not the same difficulty as just yourself publishing and someone else, because you know what you're doing, right? Like, you know, exactly like what you're trying for when you're self-publishing, right? You're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put out my book and hit publish. It's going to be done. Right. I have my cover. I have all this stuff, right? Cool. But when you have to work with someone else, they have to go through you for everything. So you need, um, you need to have basically the infrastructure set up to support that. So if you're an author and you're like, man, I want to start a publishing company, just realize that that's half of your workday gone. So if you, if you want to, uh, like at a minimum, so if you want to write and just write, just write, man, just be a self-published author. Or, or work, if you want to just write, if you just want to put out a book, find a publisher. You know, like find, find someone like an independent press, um, find, find a, a, you know, a smaller company. Um, traditional publishing is, um, I don't want to say terrible things, but because I mean, I don't have terrible things to say. It's just, I don't, I don't have that experience of, of saying that, but from what I hear, you know, and what I, what I have seen with authors that do have that experience is, is a, it's a much longer and more painful process to get things rolling. Um, and yeah, I mean, so if you, if you know what you want, you just want to see it happen and you probably want to be a self-published author. So yeah. I think it's um, a very important point you sort of bring up there, particularly about independent publishers. Cause I think what I've particularly seen in the last six months and that sort of just going to conferences and seeing from different people is there is a lot more, there are a lot more independent publishers springing up and yes. some of them are obviously good and some of them have like building reputation like yourself as one obviously lmbpm that we're sort of friends with and we and we know <laughs> and uh but then there are some that are sort of not as reputable and maybe are a bit too yeah. young in their journey to try that but i think it's definitely changed a lot to be able to as an independent creator have those outlets as well as having to well rather than having to just rely on yourself writing and doing all your marketing there are ways to sort of collaborate with other people and make that yes. adoption to exist and that's something that like you say you're you're offering to authors how many authors have you currently got on board with mountaindale um so i have uh, six six authors that have published works with us i i think i have 12 authors total that are are with the company um that are signed on um and so it's uh, myself my wife and our um uh she just got promoted she's a uh, vice president of operations 
she was our assistant. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so it's a, it's a three person company right now with all of these other support pieces going. So with the authors, with the editors, narrators, all, you know, all, the, all the way down, sound engineers, quality assurance, all this fun stuff um, is contracted on. And there's only three actual employees in Mountaindale, right? Um, so our, our infrastructure is going to have to expand to, to expand further than we already have. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, even with the amount of authors that we have now, it's, I mean, it's a more than full-time job keeping up with everything by far. And then, like you say, you you and your wife are working sort of side by side yes. within Mountaindale itself. How do you how do you manage that relationship? Is that is that something quite difficult? Have you had to sort of talk that one through? Uh, we work we work in different rooms. Um, oh, <laughs> you work in coffee shops. <laughs> uh, we we actually uh, sometimes we if we're both in a coffee shop, we're good usually. Um, so we just have very different work styles. You know, like I have. <laughs> so I say this: I have a I have a split keyboard. Oh wow! Nice. Um, so when I am typing, um, you know, I, I look like this. So I look like I'm just kind of jazz handing. <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm just jazz handing over here, tapping, tapping, tap. Um, but uh, so I have a standing desk at home in, in, in my office. And I'll be standing there and I'll have music blaring and I'll be tapping away. So I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome, man. This is great. <laughs> and my wife is over there like studiously, like focused and watching her thing. And she's got like, like, calming piano music going and it's like her she looks over she sees me like jazzing and like dancing around while i'm typing away <laughs> she's like that guy is not working at all <laughs> you're like yes so, i am <laughs> right and and so but uh you know for me sitting sitting and studiously focusing heads down heads down tapping away isn't a thing i can do uh as well as you know like i could when i was a programmer right hmm. um because this Writing is all about the, the creativity and, and the uh, making the fun and having and finding the escapism from that environment. And so uh, the two of us have to have uh, different working environments typically. But, uh, <laughs> after, other than that, we try to try to leave business as business and family as family. So um, there's a lot of crossover, but it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And how do you manage your time now? Because uh, like you said earlier, your your time spent in creativity does reduce when yes. you take on other people. I mean, I, yes. without sort of sidetracking too much into mine, I, I became a manager of a department a couple of years ago. I've since left that job, but definitely one of the biggest things I found in that transition from employee to a manager of, of a team was that the amount of work you can do yourself is just, it, I mean, it's 40%, 50% tops of what it was. So right. what does, what does a typical sort of working day look like for, for you? Absolutely. So, um, I have, uh, one of my authors here, Andres Laos, uh, Laos. Hi buddy. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> so what what I do, um, I try to have office hours. So mostly, most of the time, what I do is I get up and I I uh, start my day and I'm writing, right? And most of my morning, especially, is typically focused on my writing. Um, and then I will uh, get into the afternoon, and I'll either have um, uh, some admin work to do, or like if if I'm able to keep writing, I will. Like so, my wife my wife is the one who sets my schedule. She says, "Hey, man." Um, here's what you're going to need to do today. So you can just go ahead and write all day. And I'm like, um, or, or she says, um, Hey, here's this. Um, we had to, uh, we had to do some admin today. We have to do this, we have to do this. Um, and then another thing I, I recently started doing was, uh, office hours. So, um, cause what I, what I focus on in the company is, uh, helping set up outlines, uh, storyline plot. Um, I work, uh, with, uh, getting the, um, I work with getting the artwork going, um, and, you know, like getting corrections from the authors and stuff. And there are some, there's definitely crossover there between what my wife and I do. Uh, basically in that case, like artists and stuff, it is typically whoever gets to it first. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's a very hard worker, so I mean, she's, she's on top of stuff, man. Um, and then, uh, most, so mostly what I'm doing is I'm working with authors and, uh, narrators. And uh, what Danielle usually does is focus on marketing and uh, basically the um, legal side of things. So if, if people need contracts, if people need, um, if they want to get in contact with a certain narrator that we don't have contact with already, um, if we like want to do other stuff like that. So Danielle is the actual making stuff sell side of, of Mountain Dale. And I, I like to think that I am the making stuff um, 
like making the creatives create. So yeah. Um, so I call myself a COO, which is something I hope to replace myself in soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. And then social media and all that other stuff at all. I mean, everything like that, because I do have my own um, uh, fan base and, and they're the best people and they're very friendly and we talk a lot. Um, and so what I had to do is I, I typically will um, set aside time to answer stuff on Facebook and Patreon and, and places like that where um, fans want to interact. And I try to do that every day if I can, or at least every workday. Um, do you ever find that yeah. difficult to restrict or are you quite yeah. good at saying this is my, my bubble? I'm getting better at that. Um, it, it, I recently imposed a 12-hour maximum workday for myself and my wife um, because we were – we were sitting up there in the 60 to 80 hour range um, every week and it was getting to be too much. And that's why we're expanding our infrastructure and hiring on some people uh, going into next year. So, yeah. See, it sounds like a lot of your day is, is fairly routine, which must be quite conducive to the, the creative side. Do you, because I'm always curious about this, do you have any particular sort of morning routine or is it a case of just get up and, and get into the work sort of as um, and so I try to I try to get up and uh, work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I have a, a very routine thing at the gym, um, and I gotta say with uh, Andres here, um, I am definitely cranking that up to eleven. I'm very sore because uh, it is a Monday, and that means arms, shoulders, and back. <laughs> so, so then you know when you're working out with someone and you're exercise, exercising with someone, uh, you know you're like, yeah, I'll throw in an extra twenty pounds on that. Oh yeah, don't worry. Yeah. You, <laughs> mean what do you mean uh two more sure i can do two more let's do this and then suddenly you're there for an hour and you're walking out and trying to hold the cup but you gotta use both hands like this and you they're know? shaking and it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah he was he wasn't trying to be impressive he's just impressive and i'm just trying to match that so. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um but then yeah i mean um and then usually i get right to work um I, I try to be going. Um, it used to be six. Now it's about eight that I'm that I'm starting my writing, um, and then I usually work until about five. Go home and spend some time with my kid. Um, then when she goes to bed, um, if there's admin work to do or if there's things to do in the evening, uh, try to get those done um, in a timely manner, and then you know spend time with my lovely wife. So, yeah, and that's Monday through Friday. And now Saturday we do family day, uh, take the day off entirely because there's always more work to do, but dang it, we need to spend time with the kid, right? <laughs> sounds, sounds like you've got a really good balance there. It must be uh, something there, that's always man. quite tough to achieve. It took about a year. It took about a year to get into a solid rhythm. Um, and it's uh, in uh, author time that's, you know, it's, it's a combination of forever and no time at all. Mm -hmm. So um yeah because <laughs> it's an exhausting blur but every day seems to last two days you know so, yeah. yeah oh hell yeah i know that feeling <laughs> um so whereabouts so what let me try that again <laughs> where are you looking to take mountain dale press obviously you've got uh, a handful of authors out from worldwide working, doing some stuff worldwide <laughs> yeah what's what's next for the Dakota and mountain dale press um, so right now we're focused on, uh, lit RPG and game titles. Um, and my hope is, um, my hope is eventually that we can get to a point where we're not just, we're not just a, uh, you know, a medium to large fish in a small pond, right? My, my hope is that someday we actually become the pond, right? Where someone says, Hey, I want to read a great lit RPG game lit book. Where do I go? Anything by Mountain Dale Press right? Like you just, you just go out there, you find where the pond is, and then that's where you pull fish out, right? Um, and that's, that's kind of my hope, like just that we can become large enough and maintain a, a sterling enough reputation that everyone wants to work with us and everyone who wants to read knows that we have awesome material. And that's, that's my hope. Um, it's, it's a, I'd say, a medium-length goal because, um, you know, the long-term goal is you know, uh, expanding and, and being uh, a big, a bigger publishing house uh, doing multiple genres. But at the time, it's not feasible. So yeah, it's a big goal. I wish you, uh, I wish you the best with it. Thank now, 
we're going to be jumping into our patron segment. So we've got some questions here from some of our patrons over at patreon.com slash great writers share. Um, and I'll just jump straight into these and then uh, give us your best answer. So from Ian J. Middleton, he asks, who is your favorite author and why? My favorite author. So this is a tough one. So I, I really like Margaret Weiss I, um, and, and the, uh, the Dragonlance. Right. Um, I really like, um, oh man. So probably though, Piers Anthony would have to be my go-to guy. Like, so it's, um, yeah, just, just his humor just gets me, man. It's like, he's got a, he's got, he's a main line to my funny bone. Um, (laughs) you know, he, he's like, uh, he's where I really got into loving puns. And that was the, the Xanth series. If you've ever read that, um, He's got just a, a ton of books. He's got like 50 books in that series. Um, and they're all over the place. Like it's not like a contiguous series. Um, it's kind of got a timeline, but um, yeah, man, like just everything can be a pun and it's amazing. And that's really where, where I fell in love with the dad jokes and the puns is there. And, and that's translated so much into my own work that I can't say that he's not my favorite author, you know? Um, so yeah, gonna have to, just going to leave it there. Yeah. Nice. I mean, Brendan Sanderson is amazing, of course. You know, uh, like all these all these authors that we've all heard of are amazing. Of course, they are. But the person who has had the most impact, and like I always go back to, is Piers Anthony. So definitely have to check out some of his work. Um, Jen Mitchell asks, "What has been your biggest struggle, and also your most pleasant surprise as you've worked to create Mountaindale Press?" Biggest struggle. Um, so. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. So biggest struggle has always been making sure that I am uh, having a good work-life balance, right? So making sure that I'm not, because I, I, I'm a very focused person, I would say. Like when, I, when I'm working, I'm working, right? And it's hard for me to jump tracks, very, very, single, single, very single track line. So, um, you know, I've got 10 books out in just over two years and I'm, and they're all chunky, like hundred thousand, 120,000 word books. Um, and you know, it, it, it's a lot of people are like, man, you, why, why the crazy fast pace? I'm like, that's, that's just, that's my day job. That's what I do for a living. Like, you know, eight, eight to 10 hours a day of writing, I'll do that, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, but, but, uh, realizing that, you know, the books are doing well and, um, I can slow down a little bit and spend some time with my kids, spend some time with my wife, um, take some time to like, I don't know, find a hobby, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think, I think it's been both my greatest struggle and uh, a very pleasant su- surprise is that, yeah, the work is still there, but I can just, I can put it off a little bit and, you know, a day or two extra for a book to come out is not long time at all i mean look at look at traditional publishers they put out a book a year from one author you know and if i'm if i'm keeping up my same pace but like two three days extra that's okay so pleasant surprise (laughs) does definitely feel huge in the beginning that sort of extra couple of days i know i know that feeling um harley christensen asks what would your profession be if you weren't a writer oh i have a degree in uh, computer programming so uh, computer science um so i uh, I was working at a uh, tool company. Um, I uh, helped to design and run the uh, front end, middle tier, and back end of their um, uh, online system. So I, I did a lot of uh, database programming. I also did a lot of like uh, website programming, JavaScript, HTML. Um, so kind of wore many hats. I was a three person team for a you know multi million dollar company. So it was. Uh, uh, it was long days. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, before that I was in the military and I, I've, I have a lot of experience in a lot of different jobs. So, um, but profession would have been programmer for sure. Yeah. As much of that transferred into the writing, if you found oh, some yeah. of that useful, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, like everyone, everyone can play games. Uh, how many people can like program and design them? Mm. Um, I, I create everything in, in spreadsheet style where I could hand it over Hopefully, I mean, the hope is that I could hand it over to a um, uh, game developing company and just say, here you go, turn that into a game, and it would take like a month. 
you know, like, <laughs> that's, that's the hope. Obviously there'd be more to it, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, so having that really clear system that I can use and I can follow, but to everyone else looks like gibberish, um, <laughs> yeah, spreadsheets for days, um, <laughs> You know that that has very been very helpful in maintaining consistency in the world, and and uh, uh, because people notice if if you're not consistent. So. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, another one from Harley, which is, what is your top productivity tip or the go-to habit that keeps you on track? Sure. Um, so for me, I mean, everyone everyone is going to find something different that works for them. Um, but my my go-to tip is. Uh, be careful with the music you listen to, um, because if you if you're listening to music while writing, a lot of the time you'll look up and you'll see that a lot some of the words from the lyrics have popped into your book. And you're like, oh, oops. Um, so what I do? No, really? No. Well, to be fair, I don't listen to lyrics. Oh, same. And yeah. so uh, my my productivity tip is if you're listening to music, um, find something that you can listen to. Like uh, what I what I listen to is uh, like. Um, it's called brain food, but it's like trance um, or uh, video game music. So it's it's designed for maximum focus and, and minimal distraction. Um, so no English words in there, nothing that I can recognize. So everything is just sounds and kind of blocking out other things. Um, some people, some people though, need to do something like uh, go to a coffee shop so that they don't get lost in their own head, right? And sometimes I'm feeling that too. Like if I sit in a quiet room or if I'm sitting there and listening to music, I will um, find myself just kind of expanding the world in my head and not putting it on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're here and you have to block people out and focus on what you're doing, that can be beneficial too. So it's, it's kind of a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's advice in there somewhere. Yep. <laughs> have you ever um, experimented with binaural frequency music? I have. Yes. Um, I get, I just get tired. Yeah. 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 So for people listening, binaural um frequency music is basically it just plays between the two channels of your ears to to kind of, it it's almost trip you out, isn't it, and make sure that you're not sort of just settling into a bit of a sleep. It just keeps your brain active because it's making it work harder. But um it's definitely something I've played with when I was in my old job, but not something I use now. I'm I'm similar to you. I'll just listen to sort of very uh not orchestral. I listen listen to a lot of soundtrack stuff from films sure. and things that are quite atmospheric. Um so that's all the Patreon questions we've got for this week. We're going to jump now into the quick fire round, which is just 10 questions I'm going to blast at you and try and answer them as quickly as possible. Um, none of them are too heavy, I shouldn't think. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see how you come out on the other side. Are you ready? Let's do it. Cool. Question one, World of Warcraft or Elder Scrolls? Elder Scrolls. How many pens are currently stuck down the side of your couch? Zero. What's your preferred liquid to fill a balloon? water <laughs> what's your class of choice class of choice yes ritualist give us your best pun <laughs> oh man um <laughs> all right so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play along with this one so Got someone here's someone here is possessed by an owl who aha we found him <laughs> uh if you could be any, if you could be any one of your characters who would it be uh, it would definitely be my, my main character, Joe, um, because it, it, it's definitely a self-insert. Um, I would, uh, if I had the option to go and play with magic, I would definitely go and tinker with magic and sip coffee and laugh maniacally as my creations, like, made things happen, you know? <laughs> that's, that's how I felt as a programmer, honestly. I was, I was, I was basically a wizard with a, with a keyboard, and then I hit a button and things would happen. <laughs> I need to reread the ritualist now with you in mind instead. <laughs> How do you spell omelette? Omelette? <laughs> um, O-M-L-E-T-E. What was, the last film, <laughs> what was the last film to make you cry? To make me cry? Yep. Oh. Uh, wow, that's a tough one because I don't really watch movies, so it'd probably be Starship Troopers. Okay. Uh, what one fantasy realm would you love to visit? Oh. Um, most of them would suck to visit, honestly. Um, <laughs> whew, most of them are horrifying. Uh, fantasy realm. Oh, that's, uh, I mean, I write what I would love to be in, man. So, I, I mean, I would definitely go to my own world. If not that, I would go to Xanth, mm-hmm. uh, because everything is a pun. And if you understand pun-based humor, you can survive pretty well. So, um, 
<laughs> so I'd, I feel like I would survive really well. <laughs> nice. Uh, and final question, what is your favorite instrument? Uh, probably violin. Yes. Cool. I think it's a, just a beautiful, beautiful sound. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, cool. That was the quick fire round. How did you find it? Oh, it was good. Sorry, I, uh, I wasn't as quick as I could fire, but... Oh no, I, we've had I, slow. I use the words with my hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, but I would just before we sign off, just where can listeners find out more about yourself and your work? Awesome. So you can either find me at facebook.com forward slash the divine dungeon, um, and that's just my uh, author page. Um, you can, um, if you go there, I'll always try and message back as quickly as I can. If you message me, you can post up. Um, otherwise, you can find me at uh, patreon.com forward slash Dakota Kraut. Um, and, uh, you get to see early content there. Um, and of course, Amazon, uh, I think it's just amazon.com forward slash Dakota crowd. I think is my offer page there. Um, so depending on what you're looking for, if you're just looking for a product, Amazon, probably, if you're looking to talk to me, probably the, uh, facebook.com forward slash the divine dungeon, um, the divine dungeon. Sorry, I should slow that down. When I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> That's all right. We'll pop it all in the show notes for people. And if you just really want, uh, if you just really want to see stuff ahead of time, then patreon.com forward slash Dakota Crowd. And um, otherwise, just you know, talk to Dan. <laughs> he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll bring me up. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate having you on the show. Absolutely, man. And thank you for bringing me on because this is awesome. So thank you. No worries. Appreciate it. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Great Writers Share podcast. Next week, we'll be talking to dark fiction author Catherine Hudson. Don't forget that you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writers Share podcast and the chance to ask upcoming guests any of your questions just by becoming a patron of the show. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash Great Writers Share and support the show for as little as $1 a month. One more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash Great Writers Share. Until next time. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, y'all, this is Kenya, creative director and co-founder of Domino Sound. And this is Alexandra De Palma, executive producer and co-founder of Domino Sound. And we're a queer, disabled, Black woman-owned podcast production company and network creating authentic, inclusive, provocative content. We just launched Domino Presents, which is a new series of special audio projects. The premiere episode features the founders of Poppy Juice, the queer art collective throwing the hottest parties in New York City and around the world. We also recommend The Cheat Code, our hit 10-episode audio soap opera surrounding a love affair. Think Love and Hip Hop meets The Affair meets The Sopranos. Follow us on IG at DominoSoundCO to keep up. And listen to our shows on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Domino Sound. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.